Hey guys, what's poppin'? The Dallas Rage Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Alexander. Today's May 6th. It's actually not as beautiful as the day outside as we would like for it to be. Can't practice and hit some dingers. But it's a great reason to stay inside, plug in your headphones, and listen to our brand new episode. We're here for episode number five. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and followers on Spotify, Instagram, and the Anchor app for helping us, supporting us, and being with us through this journey during this time. Now you know our goal is always to make the highest quality baseball content you'll see on the internet. Talking about Instagram, go check out our Instagram profile at Delos underscore Reyes underscore podcast. And a lot of you guys are going to be wondering, hmm, who's going to be on my opening day roster? Who's going to be on my team? This new 26-man roster is coming out for the new season. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, we got you covered here at Delos Reyes podcast because if you go on our Instagram, you will see that we've actually posted a decent amount of teams from our rankings. We're ranking the teams from 30 all the way to 1, including the lineup, rotation, bench, and the bullpen <laughs> for every single team in the MLB. And also on certain days, you'll be able to see on this day in history. So basically, you'll see moments or greatest plays. Awards. Awards that, that happened, happened in on the past that years. Day. Yeah. So that's a great thing to look for. But while you're doing that, Go stay healthy, go for a bike ride, wear your masks, wear your gloves, stay six feet apart. Stay safe, my friends. Yes. Now, first news article of the day is MLB The Show Players League. It just wrapped up this past week, with the winner being Blake Snell, representing the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. So now, for those who don't know, it was basically one representative per team. They came together, they played a 29-game season. Then they played, if you made all the way to the championship, where they took the top eight players and put them in the playoffs. They went against each other. So Blake Snell started the season with a 2-2 two and two record. Now, it's kind of confusing because he plays this game a lot. Uh-huh. People are kind of like, huh? How is he doing that bad? But he bounced back. He won the 26 of, tw- of his 29 last games played, including the playoffs. We faced Gavin Lux of the Dodgers, Jeff McNeil of the Mets, and Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. Now, since he won, he gets to donate $30,000 to the Boys and Girls Club in Suncoast in Tampa Bay, Florida. It is a great experience for all the players. I personally got to watch it on Facebook. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. nice. And they actually displayed half of the games of the bracket of the postseason on ESPN, the other on ESPN2. And, of course, the championship was on ESPN itself. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, and because of this, they're doing... I've heard the NHL is doing their own players. Yeah, league. NHL with Nasher 61. Uh-huh. They've done... They started, yeah, yeah, they've done... I definitely watched Nasher. They've done Madden guys. leagues with players and celebrities. But it's based off because of this now. I mean, I think a good proposal for next year would be take these eight people that made it to the playoffs, keep uh-huh. them, yeah, and then sure. 22 more people have to come in from, yeah, the, from the, other the, teams. the other teams that didn't make it. And you maybe do it a couple more times so the season starts in June or July. I mean... Sing my check right now, MLB. Like, hook me up, man. I'm trying to make some money. What's up? <laughs> Heading into our second news piece, uh, MLB is asking umpires to take a 35% reduction in pay. Mm-hmm. So, and if they don't agree, the umpires will not get paid until baseball begins. Again. Yeah, that's definitely going to be rough for those um, professionals. Yeah, 100, they, they usually get paid 110 to 430000 Yeah, depending on the seniority. Yeah, so it's a big... Dent. It's a big dent in their paycheck. In their paycheck, yeah. 
Um, I know. It only gets worse when, yeah. you, when you're minor league umpire. You need to go to academy. You got to pay. It's like regular school. Uh-huh. And then you go through the ranks. Literally short season all the way to AAA to get called on that 76-man roster. That yeah. like tours the, the whole yeah, season. Yeah, but it's kind of... I, I kind of feel bad for them. It definitely feel bad for some, them. Some of the umpires that only have that as their job. Not all mm-hmm. have them. That. Not all, but... But some, some definitely do. Some have other jobs. Yeah. But some, this is their only job. In, their only paycheck. Yeah. So they're going to have to be on They're going to have to hopefully, hopefully they saved yeah. up money or do That's something. That's for all players around too. Yeah. All right, our next, moving on to the next piece, we have the Hall of Fame. So I know, I don't know if any of you guys have been to Cooperstown Dreams Park. I have as an umpire. I have as a player. I watched him as a player. So a spectator, no matter how you got in there, if you're a coach, maybe you were just doing a summer job there in Cooperstown, New York. Unfortunately, Cooperstown Juice Park is closed this summer, along with, I believe, All-Star Village as well, which is yeah. another sub, not subsidiary, but it's um, close to the same yeah. recognition of it. But now, if you make a right-hand turn out of that complex, you go two minutes down, you'll find Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame along on Main Street. I love going in all different stores, all memorabilia. I'm a baseball fanatic. I love having all that. I look for specific things. I pick them up I'm like five bucks for figurine. You can't beat yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. It's amazing. Figurines. And then, of course, Hall of Fame is amazing by itself. Yes. It's beautiful. And they're always adding more stuff every single summer, every month. But unfortunately, for this summer, it's closed. Which means no induction for us. And that will mean for St. Louis Cardinal, Tim S- Ted Simmons, Colorado Rocky, Larry Walker. And New York Yankee legend shortstop Derek Jeter will all have to wait until next summer, and they'll be joining, which I imagine, the 2021 Hall of Fame inductee class. Yeah. Now heading into other news, Indians pitcher Emmanuel Clase, who came in the Koi in the Koi Kluber trade. I believe he was a minor league pitcher as well. Yes. He wasn't even a major league pitcher. He has been suspended for PD violation. Well, yeah. so definitely, I think the Indians yeah. lost De- this Indians definitely lost trade, that trade because, as of now. Because, like, I don't know how they're going to record it, but I can only imagine he can't count suspension now that the, te- that the league is suspended. He would yeah. have to wait till the season starts. So, so we don't know how long <laughs> that suspension is for going to be. He might even be play. Forward. We don't know. So, but on some great news. There we go. Some good news. Yeah. Alex Hugo is back. Yes. And he said he's ready for spring training number two whenever that starts up. He said he's healthy. It's good for Boston because because he came over and he's a little injured, but he's doing great and he said he's ready. So that's also a good thing about this quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, Players get a lot of time to get back to their full health. Players that are injured. It's definitely the good baseball aspect of it. Like people are going to be able to recover faster because they're not being rushed into a game. Yes. It's going to be good. Uh, also, some great news. Baseball is back. Now, I don't want to trick you. It's not American baseball. It's not the MLB. But baseball is back in this world. Yes, it is. As of this morning, or I guess last night, however you want to look at it, you know, half empty, half full. As of 1 a.m., ESPN started broadcasting live with Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan. Uh, the Korean Baseball Organization, the KBO, South Korean Baseball Organization. Their first game of the season. They were slated to start on March 28th, right around the time that we, the MLB was supposed to start playing. But they're starting now. I believe they have the right protocol, the right mask, got the gloves, all the good stuff. Yeah. And the first game last night or this morning was the NC Dinos versus the Samsung Lions. Yes. Now, I, I, looked, I did some further research into what the NC Dinos and Lions look like. Now, the Dinos, they're dinosaurs, right? 
So their mascot is a Brachiosaurus <laughs> that stands and has two humongous arms. Yeah, and, and I can, believe... Can you guess what his nickname is? His mascot his name. name. Is Swole his Daddy. name is Swole Daddy. I kid you not. Please look up Swole Daddy. Okay, no, actually, maybe not. Look up NC Dino Mascot and yeah. you'll find that name. Yeah, look up NC Dino Mascot. It, it, I thought it was hilarious. His name's Swole Daddy. This guy's yeah. huge. He's got these big green arms looking uh-huh. like he's got a Shrek tan going on. You know, he can hang out with, with them over there in Universal. Yeah. But it. Like, he's so big that the guy that's actually in the mascot suit, his head is where the neck starts. And Brachiosaurus is like her. Huge. So, this guy, this guy's a monster. He's a beast. I definitely would be like, yo, let's take a picture of this dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely want a picture <laughs> with him. He's got a long neck, my man. You know what that sound is? It's time for Alexander's fun fact of the day. Okay, Spencer. Obviously, last episode, we talked about a crazy trade. Now, okay. I may think this trade might... Top that. Okay, what do you got? So, Harry Chitty in 1962. Mm-hmm. He played for the Indians. He was a catcher. And he, he was an okay catcher. He was traded to the Mets for a player to be named later. Well, in those 15 games that he played for the Mets, he batted 195 and had and was played awful behind the plate. Because you're trying to make fun of my team here? I don't know what you're trying to get at. The Mets traded him back to the Indians. He was the player to be named later. They traded. Matt, it says, wait, Harry wait, Chitty what? was traded from the Indians to the Mets and then traded from the Mets back to the Indians for that he was the player to be named later. Harry Chitty is the first and only player that has been traded for himself. Dude, Think is, about that. What the heck? All right, I'm r- okay, I guess. Well, you know what? Nonetheless, it's a good fun fact. Let's <laughs> say that. Now that you've heard the news and the fun facts of the day, it's time to get down to the brass tacks and the nitty gritty of today's episode. Yes. So for episode five, we'll be talking about, nonetheless, the best former and current pitchers for each of what we consider our seven favorite pitchers of the game. Uh huh. We got the four seam fastball, the two seam, cutter, knuckleball, slider, curveball, and changeup. So we'll be going. Point for point, draw for draw, letting you know who is the best of each position. Now, this is very hard. Of each pitch, yeah. Of each pitch, not position, of course. Now, you know, you got to know this was hard choices for us to make because very. for each one, there's definitely a good amount of people that should be considered for this. But yes. you know what? Let's get started. Let's go to the four-seam fastball. Former player known as the Ryan Express. If you don't know it by now, it's Nolan Ryan. He was inducted into the 1999 class of the Hall of Fame. With six votes shy of being unanimous, he's 73 years old right now, so I don't think he's still playing anymore. <laughs> Sadly not. Sadly not. He's an eight-time All-Star. World Series champion from 1969 with the Amazing Mets. He played with the Mets from 66 to 71. The California Angels from 72 to 79. Houston Astros for another eight years. And ended his career with a five-year stint of the Texas Rangers. Now this guy, he's known for his fastball. He yes. exploded. He's played from 19 years old all the way to 46. That's a long career, especially for a game when you were, or time in the game where you're expected to pitch for so much. Yes. And, and now it's kind of like, oh, I mean, you pitch like, what, five innings? Six? Maybe? Yeah, six, six. And then it's a bullpen game. Today's game is bullpen and hitting dingers. That's what it's all about. You got a lot of teams that can do that, so. Of course. But going back to Nolan Ryan. So he was drafted in 1965 in the 12th round by the New York Mets. Played for them for 19 years old. He had a great, outstanding career. 
Yeah, started in a bullpen. But why put him at a flamethrower, you might ask? Well, to common knowledge, or if you're first search on Google, look up the fastest pitcher in MLB history. You'll get a Rolls Chapman, 105 miles an hour. But if you want to think theoretical for a second, get get, get a little jiggy on with me. Get some science over here, all right? <laughs> we want you to think theoretical, not practical. 1972. Let's go back to that date. Now I said that was the first year that he played with the California Angels. So they wanted to find out. There was physicists that were partnering with the MLB. They're like, hey, man, we need to find out how fast these guys are pitching because it's, it's fast, but we're just like, whoa, that's, whoa, that's fast, man. Oh, it's a great pitch. Like, no one's actually knowing how fast they're pitching. So they came together. They made the first prototype of what we know today as a radar gun. That's right. The thing that the cops pull you over with, these guys made it. So you could thank them. In 1972, the physicists decided to put this together. Right, you, could, you could thank them for all your traffic tickets. So they put together this um, apparatus, we'll call it. Right? Yeah. So they're doing their thing. But here's the kind of faulty in the experiment, I would say, is that they only recorded it from 10 feet from home plate. Now, yes. for those who may not know a lot of baseball, it's supposed to be 60 feet 60 from home feet. plate. To pitcher's mound, so and vice versa. So they're recording it from fifty feet. So it's obviously well, going to be fifty feet differential. Yeah, fifty so feet. So ten feet away. Yeah. So it's obviously going to be a way different reading. Yeah. So the thing is, if you want to think theoretical with me, Nolan Ryan has the fast pitch in baseball, one hundred eight miles an hour. One hundred eight. Yeah. One hundred eight miles an hour and change. Like he's he's got the fastest pitch. But if you want to say in recorded game. And you want to say the correct amount, because as you move further back, you're probably not going to pitch as fast. But who knows how far off he would have been. Maybe he only would have been a couple mile per hour. We don't know, because he'll never be at that point in his life again where he can yeet the ball as fast as he did. So we're going to have to give it to Chapman for now. But if you want to think theoretically, Nolan Ryan is the fastest flamethrower in MLB history. Now let's head to the current for four seam. Like you said... The Cuban Missile, mm-hmm. fastest pitcher what a to ever pitch a baseball oh, in every time will be game. And he has won uh, Mariano Rivera Award, mm-hmm. uh, which in which is when, uh, in 2014, I believe, it started. Yes, it did start that year. The year after he retired in 2013, yes. Farewell Tour. Uh-huh. And he... Aurelius Chapman is literally a specimen. You see yeah. him now on his Instagram. He's getting buff all the time. And he used to be a starter on the Reds. Yeah, but then they realized, hey man, you know what? We're going to burn this guy's arm out. He's pitching like 100 miles an hour. And he's just like, he's throwing us so hard. that we're, He's going to be done in a couple years. Yeah. So they figured, you know, let's make this our choice here. Yeah. Put him in the bullpen. Make him a closer. Have him come in and throw yeah. the 100 mile an hour fastball. And blow it past only, people. what, three, four batters a game. And then, yeah. you know, it's really not that much. Because before he's he salvaging doing his so many more. And now he could pitch a lot more. He would have been done by now. Yeah, he would have been way done by now. He would have done his career been over. He had the chance to play for the Yankees, mm-hmm. um, the Cubs. He won a World Series in 2016. 2016 yeah. with the Cubs. W he's a flag. six-time All-Star. <laughs> Went back to the Yankees, and he's doing great. Yeah, and he's definitely one of the fastest pitchers in yes. the game today. And if you want to talk practically, fastest pitcher in the game in the history of the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll move, out, move along now to yeah, the, the two-seam two fastball. fastball. Um, for former, we're gonna obviously gonna talk about a great lefty. Um, he, his name is Cliff Lee. Okay. He's a great pitcher. Um, he played for the Phillies, for the Indians, Mariners, and the Rangers. He has won one Cy Young, and he had, he was an ERA pitching champion with the lowest ERA recognized. 
Oh, wow. And uh, he was drafted by the Florida Marlins in the eighth round. Uh, I know him and my brother. We know him from his time in Philly. Yeah, we've, we've seen some time. Besides, like, watching him play at Citizens Bank Park, uh, excuse me, Citizens Bank Park, we've seen him do the rehab in Lake of Blue Claws. That was pretty exciting to see a bunch of players bump down like that, like Ryan Howard, Roy Holiday, different players like that, Cameron Rupp, Mino yeah. Santana. Yeah, but he definitely had a great career. With 143 wins, and he he just... He had good movement on the ball, so that's definitely why he picked yeah. him for the two-seam fastball. He, his his fastball looked like, since he's a lefty, it looked like cutters coming from some from going away from the righties, which is kind of scary. <laughs> well, let's move on to the current pitcher for two-seam fastball. Almost was in debate for the four-seam. That's how fast he pitches. We got St. Louis Cardinal, Jordan Hicks. Now, he's only been on the team for two seasons. This is his third, team, third season on the team. He was drafted in the third round of the 2015 draft by the Cardinals. 23 years old from Tulane University. He's a fast thrower. I'll tell you what. He yeah. throws close to 105 mile per hour two-seam fastball. 100 what? Close to 105 mile per hour two-seam fastball. He's almost there. He's close to Rolls Chapman. Honestly, if I had to say who's the next in line to take that belt, the championship belt away from Chapman... It's going it to be this to be guy. Him, yeah. 23 years old, and he's doing this already. Like I can't imagine I, I how fast too. his career... And it has a little bit of movement on it, too. So it's not just a 14 fastball. It looks like a sinker. That That's kind of scary it's kind as of a deadly. batter to yeah. see that. It, it's like and moving get this. down, too. He's going to be a free agent in 2024. So I don't know if the Cardinals are going to be smart and resign him. Hopefully he goes to that potential or someone else is going to take him. But he's definitely going to be an asset that any team would yeah. love to have in their bullpen. Now, Chapman, you better look out, man. Hicks is on your back. All right, now let's move to the cutter. Another former guy, Mariano Rivera. Enter the Sandman. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Known as Mo or Sandman. Yes. The last player to, narr- to num- wear number 42. Yes. He's played for the Yankees his whole entire mm-hmm. career. Um, he, he won five World Series with the Yankees. He's won an ALCS MVP, a Willie Mays World Series MVP, and an All-Star Game MVP. He's been a part of 13 All-Star Games. He is in the Hall of Fame. Definitely a hard feat for a reliever yeah, to he, be in that was, many games. He was just inducted. Yeah, just inducted. Recently. And just recently. He's played 1,115 games. That's a lot, especially for a closer. Yes. And with his movement, it's... It's really insane. It was deadly. Like yeah. it, when someone came up to bat against against Mo, it was it was kind of expected he was going to strike you out or he's going to put you into a ground ball situation. Like there yeah. was no going around that. He was one of the closers that he just came to the game and they put on into the same by Metallica. They opened the gate and he's yeah. walking through like looking like a badass. Dude. Yeah, and he just he just was always in the mode. He's always ready to go. Uh-huh. He was so, always exploding. So Super Mariano, which is all and also another one of his nicknames, um, he was so good that they, like we said before, they named the 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, they named in 2014 they renamed the Relief Man Year, year. Award after him. Yeah, after his last season in the MLB, which is yeah 2013. Great time. To see. <laughs> it's awesome. That, that, for him. that definitely means yeah. that he it is, means yeah he knows what he's doing. He, he, he's throwing the ball a couple times. Yes. <laughs> More than a couple. But we're going to go to the current player with the best cutter. We say Ken Giles, 29-year-old closer for the Toronto Blue Jays. So originally he was drafted out of high school 
in Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you watch Breaking yeah. Bad, yeah, he was, he's probably there when that <laughs> happened. Drafted out of high school in the 44th round in 2009 with the Florida Marlins, but then he said, nah, I'm good. He went to Yapa V College, and then he was drafted again in 2011 in the 7th round. Raised his draft stock just uh, just a little bit from 44 to 7 by the Philadelphia tank. Phillies. He spent two seasons with them. Uh, then he won a World Series, uh, questionable, debatable, with the Houston Astros in 2017, but playing with them for three seasons. And now he's been in Toronto since 2018. He's exploding, ready for the next season. Now He's sitting on a $6.4 million contract right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's sitting on a oh, yeah. cash. But get this too, I mean, he's 18th in the MLB for active saves right now. 114. He's 29 years old. So I think he's going to move his name up that list the more he plays. Yes. He's 29. He still has at least another 10 years. We've seen Sergio Romo. He's still playing. Uh-huh. And he's Guys old. like Fernando Rodney are yeah. still playing. Yeah, he's still playing. 37, 38 years old. So he's still got at least like uh-huh. 8, 9, 10 more years to play. He's definitely going up the ranking of 18. But like we said about Mo, Next this guy's got movement on his ball. He's we, We're looking at rankings. Uh, not rankings. Uh, like uh, graphs. Of, this is how we decided the players. We went on BaseballSavant.com. We went on Baseball Reference. We went on MLB.com. Uh-huh. We went on all the different websites. We compared who's throwing the most time. Then we're like, okay, who's throwing the most effectively the most time? Who's throwing it in the zone? Who's got the most strikeouts? Who's yeah. done so many different factors? With Swiffery, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Brought together with and Ken Giles. ERA and Ken Giles, he he's that closer. He's the one that has the greatest cutter. Now I don't I wouldn't call him the next Mariano Rivera. That hasn't come up yet. Yes. You need someone that's exploding through the door, has their own version of Enter the Sandman. Maybe a different rock band song, ACDC, you know, spread the wealth a little bit. But he's not there. I but he's definitely one of the best cutters yes. in the game today. On the come up, I feel. You know what? Let's go to one of my favorite pitches. I can't pitch it. Yes, I can't pitch it But one of my favorite pitches to watch is the knuckleball. So this was a little bit up for debate because we have some great knuckleballers Uh in the history. They're highlighted not only because of how well they did, but because this pitch isn't used that much. Uh And we're going to talk about how it's kind of been declining a little bit. We're going to go with R.A. Dickey. So a lot of people have been like, man, you should have chose Phil Niekro, but... R.A. Dickey has got quite a story. He's got a little underdog story, and he overcame a lot of stuff. Right now, he's 45 years old. His last season was 2017 with the Braves. So he was drafted in 10th round, 1993, by the Tigers. And again, we've got another person who said, nah, I'm good. So it seems like these guys are just going, getting drafted to high school. They're like, you know what? I got the recognition. I'll use that for my college. So he went to University of Tennessee. And he became the 18th overall pick in the 1996 draft. Well, that was smart of him to go back to yeah. college. Yeah, no, not even go back. To go to college. He moved up college, nine yeah. whole rounds to the first round as a starting pitcher. But I believe he, did, he didn't He did throw the knuckleball but at that point. But here's the thing. He didn't even throw the knuckleball at that point. So it makes you more special as a player. Is You're the 18th overall. You're a starting pitcher. You don't even have that much gas. Because he, he had gas, but it wasn't even that much. Now get this. He was born without a bone in his elbow. So he had multiple injuries because he was trying to throw so fast. He was trying to do all these different things, and it wasn't working for him because he had a missing bone. Like it wasn't just it. He didn't have the structure to throw that amazing flamethrower. Yes, I don't know who came up to him or how he came up with the idea, but then he he decided with his uh, group, I guess, I'm gonna start learning the knuckleball. He learned the knuckleball, became one of the most effective pitchers in baseball. His best seasons, not just a Mets fan, were with the Mets. There he won a Cy Young in 2012. All-Star Game appearance and was uh-huh. 14th in MVP, MVP voting. So to give a quick breakdown of his career. He started after being drafted in 96, did his minor league tenure. Then from 2001 to 06, played for the Texas Rangers, 
Injured in 2007, like I said, the injuries were kind of there. Played for a season in Seattle, another season in Minnesota. He was kind of bouncing around. He finally found his footing again for the Mets. Knuckleballer, definitely amazing. From 10 to 2010, 2012. But then, yeah, this is where the Mets kind of wanted to trade. And so did Toronto. Toronto needed a pitcher. And this is the first time he goes to play in the postseason. 2013-2016 is when he's traded along with um, another prospect and Josh Tolley for Noah Syndergaard. He was part of that trade to bring in the future. But the thing was, Noah Syndergaard also wasn't drafted that high by the Blue Jays, and then the Mets took him over. But Ari Dickey went over there. He won, a po- he won some postseason games when the Blue Jays were at the top of their game, and then he finished his career off with the Braves. Yeah. He was also known to be... He was in the World Baseball Classic team. So this guy's got an outstanding career. Underdog story. I truly uh-huh. love doing research on people like this who yeah. overcome feats. You... you- I remember, like, I'd watch games, and we, when we were wa- when we were yeah. watching game film, of course, we saw the ball like it would just float there, and it would just go zigzagging, yeah. somewhere, land somewhere. He in the had zone. as much control as you could have with a knuckleball pitch. And for those who don't know, you have no idea where that ball's going. <laughs> you throw it. You well, throw they it. might know where it's going. No, no. I know as a, as a spectator, I don't know where that. The ball's umpire going. doesn't know. The batter doesn't know. The catcher doesn't know. The guy's like, all right, we're doing knuckleball. We're hoping it goes there, man. Let's go, and hopefully they don't get a hold of it. Yeah, now heading on to the current, as we have said before, there is a huge decrease mm-hmm. in the amount of knuckleballers that you're going to see today. Um, we started with um, Phil Niekro, went down yeah. to Tim Wakefield and the Red Sox, they handed the baton off to Ari Dickey. And hoping to hand it off to Stephen Wright. He's the only current knuckleballer in the MLB. Yeah. He's played with the Boston Red Sox his whole season. His whole, whole career, career. Like from 2013 from to 2013 now. 2013 to now. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had the greatest career. He's had some good seasons, mm-hmm. but not the greatest. Last year, he had an 8.5 ERA. So, he can get better. I'm hoping he gets better. Hey, everybody hits a little ball. bubble. Everybody hits a bubble. They hit a yeah. road bump, and they got to turn around. I feel... I hope, actually, that he can turn around. I want... Yeah. He's going to do a good job with the yeah. Red Sox. I mean, unfortunately, he wasn't on those World Series rosters in 13 yeah. to 18. But maybe with his time, he can hone in on his craft. Hopefully, there's no more mental blocks or whatever's happening with him that he overcomes. It. And then maybe his success as a knuckleballer will help other knuckleballers or other players be yeah. like, hmm, this Wait. pitch isn't dead. Maybe we should start learning this pitch. Or maybe people are doing that, but they're on the come up. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. They're not, their names aren't there. But you know, Obviously, this pitch cannot go extinct. Yes, everybody everybody needs to see at least a game of a knuckleball to understand the outrageousness, the excitement of like, yeah. oh, it's just, oh, it's moving all over the place, going up and down, left and right. It's like yeah. a controller, man. You have no idea where this is going. Yeah, that's Falter. why I really hope Stephen Ray is able to bring his career around and, and help the knuckleballer and help the knuckleball. extinction. Yeah, the knuckleballs are always extinct. They're I want, endangered I want to see that chart go back up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now let's head on to the slider. So, for former, we're going to talk about a great left-hander, a starting pitcher, uh, Randy Johnson. Uh, he's a le- pitcher. <laughs> yeah. He was drafted by the Atlanta Braves in the fourth round of the 1982 MLB draft, mm-hmm. and he went to Livermore High School and University of South Carolina. Or South California, my fault. Yeah, in Los Angeles. Kind of different parts of the country there, but... Yeah, two, <laughs> two different parts. the seas. He had five Cy Youngs. He yeah. was a 2001 World Series 
And, Champion, yeah. Yeah, in that ERA title, he won that four times. But he's also known for this great play. It's not great, actually. It's a sad play, but it happened. I think I know you're going to go with the ear. It was in spring training. I think, yeah, I think I... He, he was throwing a, his dirty slider. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, actually yeah. a fastball right after he threw a slider, trying to dice up the batter. And a bird came flying yeah, yeah. through, and, and was, he accidentally... It went through the bird, dude. <laughs> made a bird. Uh, he accidentally killed deceased. the bird. Yeah, the bird is now deceased. Uh, which is kind of sad, but... Definitely look up that video. Just look up yeah. Randy Johnson bird. I guarantee you'll be the first video. There's going to be 20. There's all the videos going to be there, yeah. <laughs> but... Definitely, he has he has a, he has he has had a great career. He's a World Series MVP, mm-hmm. Triple Crown, ten time All Star. He's in the Hall of Fame. Once it reopens, go check it out. You'll see him and Mo and all those yeah, guys. Honestly, yeah, but definitely. So let's go to our current slider. Now this one's a special one. <laughs> we got twenty eight year old Jimmy Yakabonis. Okay, he was drafted in the 13th round of the 2013 draft by the Baltimore Orioles. Slated to be a free agent in 2026. He's got a crazy fast slider around hitting, what, like 87 miles per hour? Yeah, 80 high yeah, 80s. Just, yeah, just 87 low miles 90s. per hour. Yeah, low, low 90s, you know. <laughs> with some movement. Yeah. Um, he went to St. Joe's in Pennsylvania. He played for the Baltimore Orioles, like we said, from 2017 to 19. Worked for the minor league system for about four or five years. Yes. Did his work over there, and now he's a non-roster invitee to spring training for the Padres, working for that bullpen spot. That bullpen is definitely one of the most, most projected to be one of the most best bullpens in MLB right now. Yes, it's um, and it, we we think he has a shot. We think he's got a shot yeah, to go he, there and he, prove himself, no matter what happens. Uh, but nonetheless, he's got a crazy fast slider. It's got movement. Not a lot of pitchers have that today. Uh-huh. They just have the movement, and it's really slow. He's fast, and it moves. Yeah. Case um, closed. <laughs> we really love him over here at Dallas Rays Podcast. And let's head to the curveball. Let's go to curveball. So we got our former player. Inducted in the 1972 Hall of Fame class with 344 to 396 votes. We got Sandy Koufax, also known as the left arm of God. All right. <laughs> now, he played so long that he was... He was on the Dodgers the whole season, his whole career, right? Yes. He played through the name change, the Brooklyn and L.A. Dodgers, okay? He played with Brooklyn for the three seasons, and he played with the Dodgers from 58 to 66 on the same team. He's got all, He's got a dirty curveball, right? I mean, besides the fact, some accolades. He's 84 years old, so I mean, yeah. probably still not playing. Same case. Went to Columbia University, six-time All-Star, three-time Sal Young in 63, 65, 66, and he won the MVP in 63. So... He's definitely towards the end of his career where he started to light uh-huh. it up. He was a young young guy. and then he, he was originally known for how fast he was and turning around. He focused on his off-speed pitches like the curveball, you know, 12-6, like a clock. Yeah. And it's going he's from up to ever, Yeah, ever since then, he hasn't stopped. And that's why we pick him for the best former curveball. Now let's head to the current best curveball. And uh, again, he's part of the Rays' top three Insane guys. He's with Charlie Morton, Blake Snell. We're talking about Tyler Glasnow, number twenty for the Rays. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in twenty eleven, fifth round, and he in his rookie season twenty seventeen he exceeded what they thought he would do. They thought he would be like 
an average guy. He did insane. Yeah, he, he... I love using that word. It's my favorite word. But he did crazy numbers. He put them up, and he he has also a great curveball. We, we were checking at the game film, like I said, and his curveball is not a 12-6, but it definitely comes across. It's, it's more of a, like a slurve, mm-hmm. but it, it has it has a lot of action, and it's it's scary to be a batter. I, I would be scared to face this guy because he has some fast fastballs going on. He's got a good array yeah. of pitches of off-speed and, of course, on-speed. <laughs> in last season, he had a 1.7 ERA, wow. showing you that he knows what he's doing in the league. So we're going to move to our last pitch. Yeah, I know. That sounds kind of sad, right? Our last pitch of the episode. We're going to change up. Now, this is another very durable pitcher. He's pitched through, let's see, one, two, three, four, well, yeah, almost four decades of baseball. We got Tom Glavin. All right, he was inducted in the 2014 Hall of Fame class. He was drafted in the second round of the 1984 draft by the Atlanta Braves. Now, he... Only did three years of minor league service. All right. And he played with the team for 87 to 02. Yeah, 1987, 2002. That's he, and he was in the rotation with, at some point, Greg Maddox and John Smoltz. That three man, oh, dude, no one could beat that. That three man rotation, that's, that's yeah. pretty tough. All right. And then he played with the Mets from 03 to 07. Thank God. And then he played, <laughs> and he, he joined the Atlanta for one last season in 2008 before he called it quits, you know? Came from Beleria High School. 10-time All-Star and 54 years old. So if any if anyone was going to make a comeback on this list that still played for a long time, I think it would be him. Yeah. I don't think he would, though. But out of all the old players you talked about, he's the most eligible, I would think. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that pitch. So Now, he had movement on his changeup. It was pretty nice. Like It just it went down. so It broke so late. Like You really thought it was coming out. He was like, oh, it's kind of like a sofa. Boom! And then it, boom, it just flicked like a switch. Yeah. Just like a just like a light switch and come down on you. Uh-huh. Um, but like I said, a durable player. Very durable. To play from eighty seven to two thousand eight, that's pretty cool to say that you've done that. To have all those trading cards lined up, like how they've changed throughout all those years. Uh-huh. Maybe all your pictures, the quality. Like life has changed so much in that time, and he got to experience it through the sport of baseball. And I mean, not just because of that, but because of his pitch, the change uh-huh. up, and how dirty he was. He's had a successful career. You got to give it to yeah. him. Tom Glavin. Let's head to the current changeup. We're going to talk about a guy that is part of the Padres. He's a starting pitcher, Chris Paddock, also known as the, the sheriff. sheriff. Yes, the he's, sheriff. He's lights out when he comes he's on. Young. He's a really young. He His first season, he actually debuted 2019 season. And number 59, he, he had a insane rookie season, also my favorite word to say again, but he was drafted by the Miami Marlins in the 8th round yeah. of the 2015, and he was at a Cedar, Cedar Park High School, my fault, in Texas. He did not go to college, but he's he is the, the shining light, I yeah, feel. For the Padres. For the he, Padres. He, he went through the minor league system very quickly. Yes. Now, a player that he reminds me of is Michael Kopech. They're around the same age. Uh-huh. He's 23 years old for the White Sox. He's been doing the same thing over there. But he started off in the Red Sox system. He went up and then got traded to the White Sox. Now he's stuck in AAA and MLB. Same yeah. kind of thing as Chris Paddock. I would put them next to each other. And I could say, I mean, I don't know. They could be the next flamethrower slash 
like uh, dirty off speed mix that coming up in the postseason. Yeah, but definitely Chris Paddock. Um, some of the pitches he's been throwing, they're just absolutely dirty. They call him a sheriff for the reason. Yeah, he be cut closing down his town. No yeah. one's gonna get no, some hits no and fingers yeah, on no him. They have a bright future. Him and Fernando Tatis, I feel definitely are gonna. The rejuvenating San Yeah, bring this young whole team young together. Core. Yeah, because yeah. the Blue Jays got they got that with the hitters, not the yeah. pitchers. They're rejuvenating the whole core. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. You've heard everything from this episode. You've heard all the good, the bad, the ugly of what's happening around uh, the MLB right now and around the world in baseball. We've told you about the best pitchers for each kind of the seven comp pitches that we like. You got the fun fact of the day with that trade for yourself. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Nonetheless, we'd like to thank you again for tuning in to episode number five. Stay tuned to our Instagram at Delos underscore Reyes underscore podcast. Thank you so much for following us and listening to us talk and have a conversation with you. Thank you so much, guys. Make sure you guys are staying safe, like we said. Yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a great rest of your week and weekend. Peace out. Thank you.